Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. We start by going right into your phone calls. That is the point of the program. Then we'll uh, tell you what happened today with our friend Lauren Canario in a uh, trial at federal court. But first, we go to Brian, listening in New Hampshire, on the amp line. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, as as uh, you may remember from last week, we've we had a little uh, run-in with the SPCA, the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to, I guess, animals. That's right. And your son uh, Cooper was arrested because he decided that he wanted to continue videotaping a cop when the cop did not want to be videotaped, even though Cooper was on his own property at the time. Uh, the cop went ahead and uh, arrested him, took him down to the station. They tried to scare him, and then they let him go. So they apparently didn't actually charge him with anything. Uh, they were just temp- attempting to uh, put put some fear into the boy, and I don't know if it worked too well for them. In fact, uh, quite the opposite. <laughs> he's uh, he's raring to go, but he was arrested. Apparently, uh, yeah. you know, put put in cuffs and sent down to the station. No charges pressed, you know, no uh, no no uh, charges filed. But uh, but yeah, he was arrested and, and and he's back. But now he's even more resolute. I mean, they've created a monster here. Yep, yep, very but, good. Uh, but 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 the uh, the the issue. Uh, I mean, if if you've seen the video, you'll see that Cooper was standing on our property and the cop actually came around the fence onto the property to arrest him. Yes, I mean, he did. That, that's, that's just how silly it is. And, and we're working on, you know, see if we can change those silly laws. But uh, the, uh, the issue started with the SPCA uh, coming by and uh, uh, the guy being very rude and saying, hey, I need to see, your, uh, I need to see if your horses are well taken care of. And uh, that's what started the whole thing. And apparently there is a law uh, or some, one of their, you know, state rules in, uh, in, in uh, New Hampshire that says you have to uh, provide a three-sided shelter with a roof for your horses between November 1st and, uh, I don't know, April 15th or some date out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, th- th- this kind of gets me to wonder that how did these horses ever survive before people had the ability <laughs> to put on three-sided shelters, you know, with a roof? Well, they weren't and, treated and, humanely and, at that point. <laughs> well, because that's their definition of humane, exactly, Mark. Right. That's exactly what it is. The thing is, though, that um, uh, the, the horses will survive just fine. I mean, we, we uh, raised these horses in Colorado, which is colder than it is here. Yeah. And some of them had shelter, some of them didn't. We get the baby shelter and the young in shelter. But the difference between a horse that has shelter and a horse that doesn't have shelter is that they both survive to the spring. They're, you know, they've been surviving to the spring. They've figured that out already without us. The only difference is that it takes a lot more uh, calories to keep them going until spring if they don't have shelter. The warmer they are, the fewer the fewer calories they need because you know they they don't need you know stuff you know they don't need to eat, eat the warmth the warmth sure. is coming from outside. So it all boils down to greenhouse gases. Is that what you're telling me? I'm just kidding. Well, they produce a lot of greenhouse gases, <laughs> and more <laughs> but, so but, if they're consuming but, more calories. Well, it, it comes down to it comes comes down to greed and uh, and, and money at some point because uh, the horses will survive just fine. Thank you very much, SPCA. Uh, it's just that if if we don't have shelters, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give the, each horse, you know, two tons of hay. If we do have shelters, we give them one ton of hay. They they will survive either way. They won't be cruel. They won't even notice it. I mean, so, they, that's they're, they're they do that. And this rule was passed by the New Hampshire legislature. Is that right? This law? Well, it, yeah, it must be. I mean, it is the New Hampshire state 
I hate to say law, but yeah, I mean they it, they're, they're statutes. They're, they're, it's their rules. Yeah, yeah those statutes. are statutes. Yeah, whatever you want to call those. So RSAs. Right. So these were so these uh, this law was voted on by a bunch of people who don't have horses and don't know this. Well, they, they may, they may or may not have horses, but well, they, the they think that there's it's five, just right. There's 400 and something of them up there. How could they possibly all have horses? How could they know how oh, yeah, horses, it, um, you know, best treated or handled? Right. I, I, so I'm sure this law. I mean, if you look back on it, you can see that it was kind of pushed by the SPCA. You know, the, they 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 they, they want to make sure that you know horses are taken care of. And a lot of these people are PETA people too. The the uh, people eating tasty animals. Oh, wait, no, what what does PETA stand for? Something like uh, that. Ethical yeah. treatment of animals. Anyways, it, yeah. So they, I mean, you know, they don't want to have animals that are controlled by humans anyway. But that, that's an, that's another story. So anyway, we, we, there's this uh, this guy comes by and, and creates a big mess. And uh, so you know, we were going to build sheds out there, but on our schedule, you know, because the horses don't eat it yet. I mean, it's only been 30 degrees at night here, and they can handle that. Yeah. But uh, you know, I just want to put this behind us and you know get them done. Why not? We're going to do it in three weeks. Might as well do it now. So I put out a pork 411 call. Pork 411 is a wonderful, wonderful service here in uh, New Hampshire that actually anybody in the world, I guess, can subscribe to it, where uh, if, you ha- if you see a roadblock or you see a, you know, traffic tie-up or you need some help you know, unloading your, your uh, moving vehicle or whatever, you put a call out here, and if anybody's in the area, you, know, you just put in, you know, saying, hey, I need some help, uh, come on and help me. So on Saturday night, I put out a Pork 411 call, which was pretty much garbled. I heard it later. I, my phone was having a problem. But uh, uh, the word got out, and we had a whole bunch of people showing up here first thing on Sunday morning, wow. even before I was ready. And we built this barn. I mean, there was just there was trees, and there was uh, saplings, and there was you know horse manure all over the place. And uh, nine o'clock they came. We got everything cleaned out. We cut down a tree. We took out a stump. We built this shed, and now we got this uh, beautiful shed facing the street. In, in one day. I mean, it was like this Amish wow. uh, barn raising that you hear about. That's fantastic. So, I mean, what you... It's incredible. Did you buy everybody some beer and uh, pizza? Yeah, beer and pizza. You know, Miller Lite was fine, and we had uh, pizza, and uh, and I said, get back to work. I got the whip back out. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we finished the last boards by flashlight. You know, it was it was that late, you know, because the daylight savings time screwed up all the, uh, the daylight in the afternoon. Uh, and so... Um, we're, we're, uh, we, we finished my flashlight, then we came into the house, you know, we had some chicken soup, then we just talked, and it was just a, just a great time for everybody. It's fantastic. But now, and, and we, yeah, we had uh, just, uh, I, I can't say enough about these people. You know, people talk about anarchist standard time, you know, where people just kind of show up an hour, and a, hour late, hour and a half late. That might be true for social situations, but when there's work to be done, these porks are right there right now. I mean, these are the was, Free State I, I, Project uh, members that are just so helpful and so friendly and just such great people to be around. Almost a family. Kind of thing. I consider them my family. Uh, that's what uh, Anarcho Jesse was saying the other day uh, when we were out at lunch after his flag burn that uh, you know this is his chosen family. And I, I feel the same way. I mean, I don't, I don't feel close to my blood family members like I do with many of these Free Staters uh, many of these, and New yeah. Hampshire Liberty Activists. I shouldn't call them just Free Staters because many of them are, are locals. Uh, they, they were born and raised in New Hampshire, and they are just you know, as enthusiastic about liberty as we are, those of us who've moved into the state. So should be more general and just say New Hampshire liberty activists are just a fantastic group of folks. Yeah, and showing up, showing up for these things is a form of activism because it makes people from outside of the state want to come. I mean, this is one of the things that attracted me here. 
I mean, people drove away. Uh, 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 Lauren Canario and, and her husband Jim came out from, uh, you know, they spent two hours on the road before they got here, and they, they were just a, a, an awesome help. People came from Nashua, came from, came from Manchester, from all over the place, and uh, just to help us uh, raise this barn and put the roof on. So at this point, so, you so guys – yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, so, so now uh, we've got this barn here, and here's the good part. It faces the street. We've got a 22-foot wide by 8-foot high, about 10-foot high section that faces the street. So we're trying to figure out what to put on there so that all the townies, all the snitches that call the SPCA, the SPCA <laughs> themselves, the cops, everybody can see this message that we're going to put nice. on, this, on this horse barn. So uh, we, we posted a thread on NH Underground if anybody wants to give us some, some ideas. I was thinking about, uh, you know, the, the porcupine flag or the don't tread on me flag with the, with the snake. Um, you know, but, but if anybody has any ideas on what to put back there, we're, we're looking for some. Snitches get stitches. How about uh, live free or die for horses, too, or something like that? <laughs> Someone suggested, uh, uh, dear SPCA, the horses choose not to be in this barn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. They do get the, the choice wherever they want to be. Uh, very cool, Brian. I'm glad to hear that that worked out for you so well and that so many people turned out with such short notice. Uh, to come help you out uh, building that barn over the weekend. So uh, just an ama- another amazing success story with these wonderful liberty activists that we've all moved up here to be around. And, of course, more are coming in at all times. And so, you know, hopefully another two or three years from now, uh, people won't have to travel across the state because there'll just be that many people that are that close to you, and it'll just be uh, people that are even closer coming and helping out. So it's very cool. It's yeah. a wonderful movement. It, it, it's called the Free State Project. We like to call it the Free State. It's not free yet, but it is much better than where you live. I, yeah, I mean, anybody else. I wouldn't want to be it's anywhere else be. but around folks like you. Brian, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. He mentioned Lauren. We'll tell you what happened to her coming up here in a little bit. And take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're completely free at freetalklive.com. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their websites, enjoy ours on us, freetalklive.com. Plus, I need to tell you about the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. You just heard us talking with uh, Brian from New Hampshire a few moments ago, talking about this wonderful uh, community of activists and liberty-loving people that have moved here. Many of them have moved here. Some of them already lived here, uh, up here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project in order to become activists so we can have liberty in our lifetime. And just some of the things that these people are willing to do for little to no pay just because they want to help encourage others to come here and get active. It's really just amazing. I mean, Brian just telling us that he sent out a message to uh, this Pork 411, which is essentially an information distribution service by phone, sends out emails automatically to uh, hundreds of people. He made one phone call, and then the next day, a bunch of people showed up at his house to help him build a barn. And they had so many people, so much help, that it all got done in a very short period period of time one day 
Yeah. So it's incredible. Yeah, just an incredible success story. Uh, it's just one example of how these people are willing to work together completely voluntarily to help one another out. And of course, if you actually get into some trouble, uh, you know, with the government goons, then they really kick into gear as far as uh, the activism is concerned. And of course, uh, there are people here in New Hampshire doing activism on the the side of the political realm. Some people are doing market-based activism. Uh, some people are creating media. And so there's just so much going on, and the, the activists really are the best I have ever come across. And they keep moving in, and many of them are going to be at the Liberty Forum. Uh, I know Brian was there last year, as a matter of fact. Uh, a number, uh, hundreds of people, some of them already living here, some of them considering moving to New Hampshire, some of them are uh, liberty-oriented luminaries like Glenn Jacobs, also known as Kane from the WWE. Uh, Dick Heller is going to be there from the Heller uh, versus DC gun case from over the summertime. Both of those gentlemen also Free State Project members. So it's a great opportunity for you to come up, spend a weekend here in New Hampshire. Uh, right there, uh, right actually during the middle of the winter. It's uh, it's actually going to happen in early March. You'll see it at its uh, coldest, yep. most bitter coldest. In uh, in Nashua, and it's just so much fun being around these people because you, you start from the point where you already understand everybody uh, as far as what their belief system is. You don't have to explain yourself to them. Uh, there may be some minor disagreements among the uh, the people in sure, the libertarians the love to, to you know debate about the finer points. But but generally these people get it. They understand liberty and they're going to be hanging out, partying, networking, socializing, and attending various different speakers and panels. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live throughout the entire occasion, and we look forward to seeing you there. So head over to freestateproject.org/libertyforum to learn more about the event and get signed up. And also use this discount code if you want to save 10% on the sign-up. That's 2009FTL, 2009FTL, to save yourself 10%. Again, that's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We look forward to seeing you there, and we'll also, of course, be announcing new speakers as we know them. So the, the speaker list has not been finalized yet. There are some that are confirmed, but there are many others that are in the works. However, if you want to get the early bird discount price, you should go and get signed up now rather than waiting. Plus, you don't want the hotel to sell out either because you don't want to be at a different hotel this is the hotel uh the hotel we're going to be at the crown i believe it's the crown plaza in nashua is where the action is it's where the convention is occurring so it's just convenient to be able to stay in the very same hotel where the convention's happening so go and get all the details at freestateproject.org slash liberty forum as we go to your phone calls and talk to abel listening in new hampshire you're on free talk live hello abel hey gentlemen how are you doing tonight hey, what's on your mind Good, good. Hey, I just wanted to, uh, uh, you know, go back. First of all, I'm a podcast listener, and, you know, I may be a couple of days behind, but I was listening to your show from last week, and, uh, and during the beginning portion of the show, one of your shows, you were speaking of the military, and you guys were batting around this idea that, you know, there were these uh, these God and country-minded people in the military, you know, and that they were, they were basically just populating the military with these folks. But... You know, I, I wanted to bring up that, you know, those, those kind of people are kind of the exception to the rule. The vast majority of the folks that you find in the military, and, you know, I, I found liberty while I was in the military. I joined the Free State Project while mm-hmm. I was in the military, and I couldn't in good conscience remain in the military, you know, after after discovering, you know, what I did sure. about, you know, its, its role and function in our, in our society. But, you know, the vast majority of the people in the military, just ordinary folks that wanted a job, 
or you know there there there's a good portion of people who who were trying to get out of some trouble so they you know took the short route into the military thinking hey if i if i sell myself for a few years you know i'll get out of this trouble with the law or something of that nature yeah you know? or or students but, that are looking for or future students that are looking for college to get paid for that sort of thing exactly exactly but you know these god and country types are kind of like unicorns in the military you don't come up across them very often hmm. now there are a group of folks in the military these hua hua gung ho guys that you meet but these guys they're, they're not god and country types they're folks that enjoy being soldiers and yeah. you know there's actually a place for these people in the free market you know these folks that enjoy being soldiers you know in, in a free market in a free society these people would be allowed to get together have their own little their own little uh uh semi uh state city state type area you know where they uh where they could you know march train around and stuff and, and yeah, they could march around, they could train, they could promote a, uh, a martial philosophy and lifestyle. And, you know, these people would be very handy in a free market because they would, in a sense, be the folks that we went to when we needed a standing military, a well-trained, drilled military. Now, you see, they, they wouldn't necessarily uh, want, want to take over because, you know, they wouldn't be able to maintain their lifestyle if they were running government. They would, ha- they would need the free market in order to continue to perpetuate their lifestyle. You know, and so, you know, they would be able to go off and live their way, do their thing, draw on the free market what they needed from it, and allow the people who wanted to live free just to go about and do their business when we needed them. We could pay them. They could come in and yeah. do their do what they do. You I know? like that. They'd be but, mercenaries. Exactly. Kind of like the, uh, you know, the closest example I can come to is like, uh, you know, the uh, Sparta in ancient Greece, you know. Um, but, you know... The, these people would be useful. There would be a place for them in a free market. And, you know, we we wouldn't necessarily always need to raise militias because we would have groups of people like this sprouting up all over the place who wanted to live a martial lifestyle with a martial philosophy. And, and that would be cool. They could do it so long as they did it over there and didn't force me to do it. Absolutely. I like what you have to say. Anything else on your mind? Uh, that's, that's just about it. Hey, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Thanks Thank for the you. call tonight, Abel. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, yeah, well, it seems like they market the military to the God and country people, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like that's... I, I see. I understand what he was saying, like they're not really in the military that much, but it seems like all the, the marketing is kind of directed in, the, in that I think that they try way. to touch that vein, and I think... Uh, I, 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 I Have you not felt at certain times that... Uh, that that touching feeling, you know, you're watching a football game and they do the on July 4th or whatever. I, I guess they don't play football on July 4th. But, you know, they, they do the whole uh, America founding fathers thing. I remember one game, it might have been Thanksgiving, I don't know, last year, and they did one of these. And uh, it was, I felt, found it very touching. That would touch you, Mark, but I don't think it would really Not at all? You don't no. feel that? Ever? No. Never? No. In your life? Uh, maybe earlier in my life when I was more indoctrinated just, with statism. I'm just saying that they're only trying to touch that vein in people. Yeah. The nationalistic pride, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Got an interesting email here we're going to get to in moments uh, accusing you, Mark, of, well, some possibly racist things. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and the features also include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. And a new online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and poles is open for business. Funknobs.com is catered toward consumers looking to give the playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. Toll-free phone customer service is available at 1-877-820-9224. That's 877-820-9224. For Funknobs.com, the creation of parent company Internobs.com, online since 2004. Again, Funknobs.com. By the way, I want to send uh, best wishes out to our friend Gardner Goldsmith, Mm -hmm. who is not with us tonight and has not been with us for the past few weeks. He's been more off and on uh, because his mom has been in the hospital. Uh, I got an email from him on Sunday saying he wouldn't be here today because his mom had gotten worse. Taking a turn for the worse, yeah. And uh, Jason Osborne is reporting that his mother did pass away apparently yesterday. So best wishes to you, Gard, if you're listening tonight. You know, it's, it's really sad. You, you think about the, the human condition, and it, it's the right pattern. I mean, parents are supposed to die before children, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't make it feel any better when the times when it's your time. My father died a couple of years ago. It's, it's not great. So we go on with the email box here. Tyrone emails in, let me preface this note, he says, by saying I really enjoy Free Talk Live, and I look forward to the show every day on my iPod. I've written to you before in the past about issues concerning me and being black and wanting to come out to New Hampshire, but somewhat worried about how I'd be accepted. And that being said, I was listening to the show when Obama won and was really, really shocked by what came out of Mark's mouth. Now, I have no love or use for government, and I believe in live and let live. As far as I'm concerned, that's all you need to believe in to come up here to New Hampshire. And just to address on air what he'd emailed me about personally before was his concern that, uh, you know, New Hampshire, like 99% white. He was a little intimidated, I guess, by uh, some of the postings that he'd seen on the Free Talk Live BBS because there was a short period of time where certain people were running wild with uh, racist posts on the BBS, and we've since uh, we've since given them a little forum, and, and we, we've, we've restricted uh, those those individuals, and they've been taken care of, basically. Uh, but, but essentially, uh, he was looking at our BBS and thinking, well, look, you're there are these racists there and of course the free talk live bbs is virtually unmoderated there's not a lot of moderation that goes on but now um nasty posts like that are being dumped into one specific forum that's very much clearly labeled this is where the jerks go uh this is where the jerky posts like that go uh, but but clearly the uh, you know the fact that these people were posting racist stuff was confusing to Tyrone. He thought that the Free Talk Live BBS might have been a a, a, a forum full of free staters, and that's not the case right. at all. Like it could somehow be a, a microcosm of what things would be like, uh, you know, amongst Free State Project members, and it's it's not. It's a microcosm amongst what things are like amongst uh, those people who've chosen to use the Free Talk Live. Right, BBS. that's it. So I made that clear to him, and I said, look, the people that are up here are really great folks. Uh, they're, they love freedom, and if you love freedom, then you'll be accepted. Uh, in fact, I know, Mark, uh, you, you run up and hug uh, black guys when you see them on the streets. Not everyone, because, but you know, it's, it's happened. Well, it's, there's only like three of them. So whenever you see them, you try to let them know that you appreciate them being here. And uh, so I, would, I, think, I think Tyrone would it would be great to have him up here and anybody else that you know, 
I guess not lily white like the rest of us are up here in New Hampshire. Getting whiter every day, as a matter of fact, with the uh, sun going down. Uh, so we continue here with his email. He says, now, I have no love for government and believe in live and let live. But what Mark said that night was, and he quotes here, quote, Now that Obama has won, I don't want to hear black people talking about racism. Just shut up and get back to work, unquote. And Tyrone says, I couldn't believe this person who talks about government oppression would have the nerve to say something so oppressive. And Ian said nothing, which was my second shock. How dare you, Mark or Ian, tell black folks that we should shut up and get back to work because there's no longer racism because we now have a black president. First, black people should be happy in well, this. Before he, goes, yes. um, before he gets into uh, his explanations on it, I think I'd, I'd like to chime in, if I may. Sure. Uh, what I was kind of doing was reiterating a uh, phrase that I had uh, – my, my best friend in the world is black, and his name is uh, Julian. And uh, we were having a co- telephone conversation right after Obama became president, and I, I'm certain that Julian voted for Obama. Um, but – like he, he was he was going on and like I felt, uh, you know, sort of about how the complaining doesn't help, how um, complaining about uh, institutional racism or how a black man can't get anywhere or anything like that, that he was sick and tired of it. And uh, the, the statement he used, I believe, was shut up and get back to work mm-hmm. and or get get to work or something like that. And I, I the feeling that I got from him when he said it, and this is how it, it struck me, and this is the, uh, the the intention I had when I said the statement, is that complaining doesn't help, whereas hard work and uh, you know striving to do better and those kind of things do. W. E. B. Du Bois, um, he he proposed that blacks would only be dealt with on an equal basis, and this is in the uh, you know the, the 19th century. He proposed this. Um, he proposed that blacks would only be dealt with on an equal basis with whites by dealing with them in the st- you know the state of commerce essentially, it, by doing business with them, by raising themselves up so that they could do business with whites on an equal basis, and that would be the only way that um, you know, blacks would the way he could see at the time. Now, obviously, he didn't he didn't know how long it was going to be before our first black president, but I, you know, sort of, I, I think to some extent that a large portion of white America feels like blacks are saying it's your fault. You're white. Um, you know, the, this racism is is you guys have given you know are, are racist towards us, and there's this sort of blanket feeling of accusation um, on, you know, of, of, uh, on the whites from blacks in, in, this, um, in the United States. And I think that you would find less racism, uh, less, less tension between the races, if there, if there are even races out there. Scientists say that there aren't. Um, but, you know, people that look different. You'd find less tension if people didn't feel that, if white people didn't feel that kind of um, accusation from blacks in a lot of cases. I, I think that there's, there's certainly... Right, white, I've never owned slaves. Right, right absolutely. Right. There, there are certainly racist whites out there. I do not want to diminish that. Some of them are police officers, and they're in the government, and they're going to, you know, their racism is going to cloud their judgment, and it's going to affect blacks uh, adversely. No doubt. I don't want to diminish yeah. that. However... The fact that Barack Obama is president does prove that a black man can be president in the United States. So therefore, like my feeling is quit yammering about the racism and and, and look what you could do. Well, I think the problem here, Mark, is uh, – and I don't want to put words in Tyrone's mouth. Yeah. But from my perspective, 
it bothers me to even hear you talking about white people and black people. Um, simply you, because, but do you see I, the I racism understand. in that? Th- th- there's inherent racism. You you hear the accusation in that. Like it's okay for Tyrone to talk about. No, I don't think it's okay for him. I don't. I don't like hearing it from you or from Tyrone or anything. And I think it's. Re- I mean, it's unfortunate that we're still in this place where people are still talking about these things because it's clear. I mean, it seems clear to me that the you know the problems have not been solved. Uh, so I acknowledge that the problems haven't been solved, but it still bugs me. Uh, I think one of the things that was bugging Tyrone is the fact that you said you know black people you need to stop doing this or you know just be quiet about the racism as though all black people are out there complaining about racism. That's not the case at all. Um, so so to just paint everybody as this one group simply because they have more melanin in their skin or more pigmentation, it's not fair. And well, so that's I can not, understand that's not why true. he was offended. That's not what I, if, if you look at the quote, it says, um, I don't want to hear black people talking about racism. So if you're not talking about racism, I'm not talking to you. Right? I see. So, I mean, that's a, that's a fair statement. Now, he goes on and says, first, black people... Read, read the he says, first, black people should be happy in this honeymoon period and then get ready for the letdown because, believe you me, we know nothing is going to change. I know Mark has a little racist twist to himself that's come out on the show, and I don't blame him or even care because he was locked up with some of the worst that my race has to offer. I am going to acknowledge this. This is a true statement. I, you know, I was in, I was in prison for quite some time. It was a uh, adversarial relationship to some extent between the races in there. I, I popped a lot of the rivets on that i can't say it's entirely gone but that that much is true for me that there's there's a certain amount of you know feeling there that but i also think it gives me to some extent an insight on the races because i've been a minority 1-800-259-9231 there's a little more to the email here and your thoughts if you want to chime in at 800-259-9231 i wish i could wake up tomorrow morning and everybody would be brown same here uh more on the way you can take control bring up anything it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we need your vote. Over at vote.freetalklive.com. Takes you less than a minute's time, and it makes a big difference for us because... It allows us to dominate the podcast, uh, podcastalley.com top ten chart on a monthly basis. And, of course, being number one on that particular chart means more new people coming across this show at all times. Uh, and we are number one right now, That's by correct. the way, which is good news. Uh, but it's not by a whole lot. No. In fact, it's by six votes. So we really need your vote over at vote.freetalklive.com because being number one means new people coming to the show, hearing the message of freedom and liberty, and that's a good thing, right? So if you want to help us out with that, please go to vote.freetalklive.com. You only need to do it once per month, and it only takes a moment. So vote.freetalklive.com. Plus, uh, might be a good time to announce the big news that we discovered over the weekend, Mark. We're number, uh, not number one, but we are an award-winning podcast yet again at podcastawards.com, and this is thanks to you. It's thanks to listeners like you that went to podcastawards.com and voted for us in this year's podcast awards. In fact, not only have we won another podcast award, but we've now won four in a row. We've won a podcast award every year there have been podcast awards, and we're the only podcast to have ever won four in a row. 
ever. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I'm so pleased. Uh, I, I feel so grateful to the people that went and voted. Obviously, this this can only be done by the listeners, and it's the dedicated listeners um, yeah. of, of Free Talk Live, the ones that uh, you know want to see us do well. They want to see the message of liberty, uh, you know, brought forth. They they put aside uh, you know their their concerns and their everyday stuff in order to do what what we need them to do, and they did it, and I'm so grateful. Yeah, it wouldn't happen without listeners like you. Uh, and so thank you so much to everybody that went out and voted this year. You, I mean, nobody else can claim this four in a row. I mean, if we win next year, it'll be five in a row, and still no one will be able to claim this. We've we've got it from here out as long as you guys keep it up and, and keep pushing Free Talk Live to the top of uh, every chart that we can possibly be at. And, of course, all of this means that more people will come across uh, Free Talk Live. And it also means good things for us uh, from the marketing side of uh, this show. I, of course, uh, my job during the daytime is to contact radio stations, of course, when I'm not out at court trials for people like Lauren Canario. We've got to give you an update on that. Uh, but when I'm not doing activism, uh, my job is to get this show on more radio stations. And being able to say that we've been uh, an award-winning podcast for four years in a row is pretty cool. I think that yep. some people, the, probably the younger program directors out there, are, are going to pay attention to something like that. And it's even better for you, Mark, because you're doing uh, ad sales for the show. And to be able to say to potential advertisers that, especially those that may be sort of new to the world of podcasting, uh, Maybe they, they understand radio advertising, but they're not so sure what the, the podcast advertising is about. To say that our listeners are so dedicated and so great that they were able to get us four podcast awards in a row is really – it says something about the quality of listeners that we have on this program. And so you want to be able to advertise to people like that because they're just – they're likely to go and back up the advertisers just like they back us up. Uh, whenever we're up for a, for an award. So again, thanks to everybody that voted this year. Of course, it's going to come around again next year. But until then, we've got a monthly vote, voting contest going on over at podcastalley.com, which we do need your vote at vote.freetalklive.com. And so thank you in advance for doing that as well. Back to the email box here. Uh, Tyrone emailing in. Concerned over, uh, uh, I guess, a phrase that you... Uh, uttered recently on the air, Mark, in regards to uh, Obama winning the election, and the exact phrase that you said was, now that Obama has won, I don't want to hear black people talking about racism. Just shut up and get back to work. Yeah, and if it sounded like if it sounded like a taskmaster telling people in the, <laughs> yeah. the fields to get to work, that's, yeah. not, it, that's not what my intention was. It's, uh, to me, work is uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's the greatest thing. To me, uh, life is about my work. I, I certainly get joy from my family, and I, I get joy from other things, but what makes me who I am is the job that I do. Right. You were saying that those who are complaining about racism who might happen to uh, be black uh, should stop complaining about it and, and do something right. more productive. I think that there's racism, uh, and that causes a problem. I think that the complaints about racism, I swear, cause just as many problems. Um, you know, certainly you had to bring these things up at some point. I don't know that I'm, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the world would be like if people weren't complaining about racism. I don't know. But I can tell you that uh, Barack Obama becoming president of the United States of America, it didn't shatter or break any boundaries. He proved that the boundary wasn't there. Hmm. Now, maybe the boundary was there at some other point, but it didn't exist in 2008. Yep. There wasn't a boundary to a man becoming president in 2000, a black man becoming president in 2008. That wasn't there. Do you understand? Now, yeah, I, I see where you're maybe from. there wasn't. Maybe there wasn't a candidate. I don't know what year it was there, and I don't know what year in America you couldn't have elected a, elected a black man um, to the presidency. But 
you know, uh, Jesse Jackson is not Barack Obama. It's not the same guy. Um, it's it's com- it's a completely different dude. So I, I you know, I, I just. You didn't explain yourself very well, and I didn't call you on it, which is one of his other concerns. He yeah. says, for Ian to second his emotion with silence just made me consider this whole – really reconsider this whole Free State Project thing as just another fringe group of militia. Now, I can't really explain. I don't recall everything that was going on at the time. I don't know if we had a phone call on the line or, or what was going on there. But, I mean, for me to re- re- rebut every asinine thing that Mark says would just would just bog the show down. And it, would, so. it would bog the show down in the other direction, too. <laughs> And you know, yeah. So I apologized uh, for not jumping on you because normally I do say something when you kind of go off the racist uh, right. deep end accidentally. And he says that he's um, at the end of at the end of the email here. He, he says that he's uh, he he feels embarrassed that he has ever recommended the show to his friends, whom I'm going to whom I'm going to assume are black, uh, from his uh, email. And you know, that's that I want to apologize for. If I made you feel embarrassed to give the show to your friends, I'm sorry. I didn't want to do that. That wasn't the intention. The intention was... I'm glad he emailed, though, because yeah. if you don't bring stuff like this to our attention, sometimes when you're, when you're on the air for three hours and you're just talking extemporaneously about whatever the topic might be, you don't always get to think too hard about what it is that's going to come out of your mouth before it comes out. And it's difficult and touchy being a white guy talking about black issues. And is all you have to do is listen to Chris Rock do his one of his skits. A white guy doing that skit is going to be a bigot. Um, a black yeah. guy doing it is something entirely different. And that in and of itself is racism. It's that's what that is. It to, to not be able to take constructive, uh, you know, good intent, you know, well-intended uh, ideas from a white guy. Now, maybe I maybe I, I presented them in a ham-fisted fashion. That that's absolutely possible. Yeah. You know, certainly, if if that's the case. It wasn't my intention. But to not be able to take well-intentioned criticism from white people on the issue of race simply because they're white and they couldn't possibly understand is racism. Well, it's, it's, you're not accusing Tyrone of that. No, you're, it's not. I'm just saying that the, right. the people that cannot take that. Those who can't. Those who can't. Because I think Tyrone did the right thing by emailing on this. I mean, either a, a phone call would have worked, but the email worked well, too. It's probably a better way to get your thoughts out, especially if you're upset. Well, I wish he was here to, um, so that we could you know, talk to him about it and that kind of thing. I mean, I, yeah. I, but at the same time, an email's fine. Sure. And again, if he hadn't emailed, then it would have just blown right by. And who knows, maybe he would have turned the show off and never tuned in again. But instead, you know, he still he says at the end that, well, enough of that. I had to get that off my chest. And now I think I'm better. And hopefully we have in this conversation. Hopefully, I think, Mark, you've explained your position a little bit better. Uh, and, I, and you've acknowledged some of your influences in the past. And I apologize for for not jumping on you for it, because normally I'm pretty Johnny on the spot when it comes well, to you. Jumping on it in, in the sense of allowing me to explain. Yeah. I, what do you mean by that? I don't I feel like I felt anything racist when I said it. Yeah. All I want to see is a world where people don't take race into consideration when they're I agree. You know, t- talking about things and doing things and, and, and going through their lives. For me, my friend Julian, uh, who's blackish, he, he doesn't operate in that world. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't slow him down. Uh, you know, he, he, he's a professional. He wears a tie to work. You know, I mean, it doesn't it, none of these things affect him. And I think that people would get along a heck of a lot better if it wasn't that kind of thing, if that, if that wasn't what they were dealing with. 800-259-9231. Now, you're not saying that all black people should start wearing ties to work. 
right? You're not saying well, that. only if your job. That's the only way to get respect. I, I don't wear ties anymore at all. Right. I, I, you know, <laughs> if your job requires a tie, you should wear a tie. Like I'd like to say, if, if your, your pants, boss is wearing a tie, you should wear yeah. a tie. I'd like to say, if your pants are down around your ankles, it doesn't matter to me, or around your, you know, where your butt is showing. I don't care what color your skin is. I think that's asinine. And there's plenty well, of white kids that, I, I think, uh, that dress like that. I think that there's jobs where you could do that. I mean, you know, if you're working at the local skateboard shop, that wouldn't be a problem. Um, should it, you go in and interview at a skateboard shop looking like a skater kid? I couldn't tell you. Because there was a guy interviewing for a cook's position at the restaurant that we were eating at last night who was wearing jeans into an interview, and Julia just said that was a bad move. And I said, well, it's a, it's a kitchen job. Is it that important? I don't know. I'd wear a tie to an interview yeah. every time. All right, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Hour 2 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Men, are you urinating more frequently? Do you wake up to urinate? Now be honest. Is your sex drive what it used to be? Don't ignore the warning signs. Prostate problems begin around age 40. And by 60, one out of every two men will have these symptoms. And they do not go away. Take Superbeta Prostate. It has 3,000 times more concentration of the key ingredient in saw palmetto. It's so powerful, you'd have to take 100 saw palmetto capsules in order to get the same health benefits of one Superbeta Prostate. Try it risk-free for 30 days and give your prostate the nutrition it needs. For a risk-free trial of Beta Prostate, call 1-800-246-6204. That's 1-800-246-6204. With Super Beta Prostate, you get results or you get your money back. Call 1-800-246-6204. That's 1-800-246-6204. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right to your phone calls we go. Uh, Let's talk to Dave listening to WAIS in Athens, Ohio. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. The first Ever American to run was in 1972, and the woman it was a woman named Shirley Chisholm. Okay, the first black person. Yes. Oh, cool. 72, uh, huh? Yeah. And she said, "Though I may not win this race, I'm paving the way for." Now, forgive me. She said this, not me, for a black to be in high office someday. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm, her. I'm not. I understand. You know, and this is this is one of the concerns that I have is the the way white people feel they have to tiptoe around the identification of uh, of of the I guess the black race if you want to use the terminology. I mean, I, and I realize that every you know the only difference here we're talking about is some minor differences in melanin and you know uh, ethnic differences and that kind of thing, but we. This sort of indicates one of the problems that I say is there is that I, I I'm scared to even say the word black and and I'm I'm the same way as I you had are, that David. same I had that same concern and we actually in the past on this program when uh, we had the the occasional uh, black person would call in and I've actually came right out and asked him I said you know are you offended by people calling you black as opposed to you know this sort of more politically correct term of African American which is not necessarily even accurate because many you can be black and not from Africa you can be black 
black from the UK. You can be black from, uh, you know, Middle East. Uh, you can be black from all over the place. So, okay. I mean, so yes, and he said it's okay with him. I'm sure there are some people that would take offense. There was a time. There was a time when it was okay to, uh, you know, and accepted to call people colored, and a time to call, um, at a time that it was accepted to call black people Negroes. Uh, you know, I mean, they, these all these terms are, you know, at one point were considered acceptable, and I, you know, this it, it's just indicative of the problem that I'm talking about here. Okay, just remember that it was in 1972. So. Thank you. Thanks, Dave, for the call tonight. I appreciate it, sir. 800-259-9231. So having somebody tell me that it's okay with them made me feel better about it. I haven't really thought about that since. Does it still bother you, Mark, to, to use the term black? It so, Sometimes. It depends on the, how touchy I feel the person that I'm talking to is. Yeah. Once, If I feel like I'm talking to some uh, to a black person, and there are many of them out there that I talk to on a regular basis that are kindred in this, uh, uh, you know, this feeling that I have, that they understand where I'm coming from, then I don't have any problems. But I, I do often feel myself running backwards and, and trying to defend myself. Oh, wait, whoa. My best friend in the world's black. Wait, no, wait, wait a minute. The godfather of my child is black. Uh-huh. So I, I feel myself doing that, and I, you know, it's because because a I know that there's bigotry in me, um, and I think that there's bigotry in everyone to some extent, and I, you know, I think that some of the way that that bigotry comes out is, you know, sort of the complaining about the the races and the differences and stuff like that, and I I just prefer not to see it. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I'd like to wake up tomorrow and have everybody be brown. I think that's inevitably where uh, the world is going to, because as more people begin to, it, it's as more racial intermixing continues to happen. That's ge- generations down the line. What will uh, what will become of things? And and as far as I'm concerned, that would be great because then we won't have to deal with this uh, racist nonsense anymore. The uh, the whole idea that somebody could be placed into a group simply because of the color of their skin or the color of their eyes or hair or whatever it is that uh, you know, you're know you grouping people in. It's, it's absolutely ludicrous. People need to be judged based on the character of their individual, and uh, that's it. What they do, judged by their actions and their viewpoint, and that's it. That's where the judging should end, in my opinion. one 800 So I'd like for everybody to be over it, but I know that tomorrow I'll wake up and the world will still be the way it is. So we have to deal with it in that fashion. 800-259-9231. A uh, quick update here on what I did today. And then I know, Mark, you want to give us an update on one of the supporters of the Ed Brown situation. We haven't talked about Ed and Elaine Brown in a little while. Uh, we'll get to that. But first... Uh, Lauren Canario was in federal court in Concord, New Hampshire today on a disorderly conduct charge, which, of course, as you know, is sort of the catch-all charge when the cops don't really have anything on you. They'll slap you with a disorderly conduct charge. Right. Um, And that's what they did in this particular case. It was over Lauren walking into the federal district court in Concord to retrieve a camera that the feds, uh, the fed goons had stolen from her when she was walking by the Ed Brown household one day. She was actually out on the road in front of the Ed Brown house. And she was trying to walk down that road. The cops uh, assaulted her. They stole her camera from her. And then a year later, they actually allowed her to come and get the camera back. So that was her purpose in going to the federal courthouse. She walks through the metal detector, and she continued walking until they yelled at her to stop and turn back around. She didn't really. She wasn't really too interested in following their orders. Uh, they ordered her to get her hand out of her pants. She told them that uh, sh- that they should empty their pockets first. And the more you follow their orders, the more it uh, encourages them to give them. Yeah. 
And so she wasn't trying to run up the stairs or anything like that. She wasn't trying to break away from their grasp. Uh, but because she wasn't following their orders, they gave her this disorderly conduct charge and arrested her. And then today they sentenced her to 30 days, the maximum sentence, in jail over this or- disorderly conduct thing, which is just its just so sad. I mean, they're trying to send a message, I think, to the activists here in New Hampshire. I believe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to punish Lauren uh, for, for supporting Ed Brown. Uh, they, in fact, they actually mentioned the Ed Brown situation in court today. Uh, they said that I recognized her as a Brown supporter. You know, and the <laughs> so they're punishing her for that. I, I suppose that's so. I mean, I, that, that's so not Lauren's life, uh, being a Brown yeah. supporter. But uh, it seems to be where it sticks in the the mind of these people. Right. So they slapped her with the full maximum penalty. She's in jail now. I uh, believe there's a protest scheduled outside of the jail for later this week on a Thursday. Um, so best wishes to uh, to Lauren and of course her husband Jim, who's now. Alone yeah. at home for the next month. This he, really, this stuff really hurts Jim. He's not going to be spending Thanksgiving with her unless they happen to feel like letting her out early. So it's just an awful situation to be in, and it's unfortunate to see this sort of stuff happening, uh, especially when we have so much support for for people like Lauren. There were a good 15 people in the courtroom today for a midday trial, for a trial that's you know was uh, was actually rescheduled. It was in the morning. They rescheduled it to the afternoon. Of course, trying to throw people off. You know, trying to uh, to inconvenience people as much as possible, but actually more people turned out for the afternoon trial as a result of the rescheduling. Uh, but so, you know, clearly the, she's got support and they want to sh- they want to send a message to the activists here in New Hampshire, which is kind of interesting because it seems like we're having more success with the local guys. It seems like the local courts have been much more willing to uh, to sort of bend and be more flexible and be more reasonable. in, in some of the sentences they've been giving out to some of the activists up here, of course, if you've been listening to the show, you know that a number uh, that free to- that uh, free talk live moved up here as part of the Free State Project, as well as a number of other people. And hundreds of people, thousands of people are moving here to New Hampshire to get active. So Lauren Canario is one of those activists. Uh, so we've seen more leniency from the local government people than we have from the fed, uh, federal government people who seem to be cracking down. So this may be the, the, you know, the crackdown mark uh, that you have sort of predicted. You believe that at some point the government people are going to just throw out as much harshness as they possibly can toward the activists. And that definitely seems to be what the feds are doing. Uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. How do you find? I, I, I'm sorry that I interrupt here. Yeah. How do you find somebody not guilty of disorderly conduct? I mean, here's a charge that, it, in fact, uh, you know, police officers uh, have said, and uh, one just commented to me uh, here on uh, the IM. I keep, uh, you know, I keep my little list of geniuses out here, and uh, you know, one just commented to me that that they can use that to, to cite anyone. How sure do you, in can. fact? Find someone innocent of disorderly conduct. I'm not order. My conduct isn't orderly enough. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, the the charge is absolutely outrageous. And but what do you do about it? I mean, they've thrown your friend in jail for 30 days. Uh, you can rally behind her. You can go out. And you can do protests. I know Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com is talking about how we need to uh, to double and triple our efforts. And I'm not sure what we're supposed to do beyond write letters to Lauren and and call the jail and and ask them to let her out early or whatever. Those are, those are just a few things that you can do. I'd love to hear some brainstorming as to some other things that could be done in uh, response to this. 800-259-9231. Uh, that's the number here. Of course, as I say, a protest is scheduled and a. Of course, those will probably continue throughout the month uh, because 
at least when you're here in New Hampshire, surrounded by these wonderful activists, people don't forget about you. They don't just get to put you in a jail cell and have you become completely anonymous and forgotten. Uh, no one's going to forget Lauren Canario, and the attention is only going to be poured on the federal government people as a result of this. And I would also recommend that people stop paying taxes because this is sick. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include... Uh, we've got the uh, live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you, as well as a webcam. All free over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. All right. So uh, we were talking a moment ago. I'm going to get to the phone calls here in just a bit, uh, but just just to clarify something I said before we went to break. I'd suggested that, you know, well, I was asking, what can we do? Uh, because the federal government, these goons, are throwing our friends up here in New Hampshire into prison cells. Uh, in this case, Lauren Canario, one of the super activists here in New Hampshire, super civil, disobedient, non-cooperative activist, she has been thrown in a federal cell, uh, which I guess is actually a state-run cell, but they sort of lease some space out to the feds. Anyway, the feds have jailed her for 30 days on a so-called disorderly conduct charge. Now, she... All she was doing was trying to go get her camera back from the feds that they'd stolen from her initially. And, of course, all of this came uh, as a result of uh, Dave Ridley going and doing some silent protests in an IRS office. That's sort of what started the the, the entire chain of events here. Uh, But my question was, what can we do about this? I mean, besides going out and protesting in front of the jail, you can also call the jail and, you know, uh, demand that they release Lauren you can certainly write Lauren some uh, some letters, and you can send her postcards, and the address uh, is normally posted over at the nhfree.com forums. You usually find wherever she's being held there and send her stuff. So those are all things that can be done and have been done, but you know, what else can we do? Is there something that, that hasn't yet been done that we can do in response to them jailing our friends? Perhaps finding out where the judge lives and going out protesting out in front of his house or something like that maybe is an option. I'm just trying to think outside the box of what we've already been doing, something to really bring home the consequences to these people. Like, look, we're not going to let you just put our friends in jail and go home and, and sit down and enjoy uh, time with your family because you're ruining her life. You're ruining her uh, experience with her f- family, Jim, her husband. And so, I don't know, maybe bring them a little bit of uh, protesting out front of their house or something like that. I, I don't know how hard it would be to find the guy's house. You might have to tail him home or something like that. Uh, but it's an idea. I don't. Um, I, I don't know uh, what the best solution is here. But you know, most of the time with Lauren, I I have kind of a, a wry sense about what's uh, going on. I mean, in in one sense. She's showing how the government is, uh, you know, a violent organization that doesn't mind throwing people in jail in, in order to uh, get what they want. At the same time, she apparently wants to get locked up, and, and that's happening. However, in this case, 
I'm looking at, you know, she went through the uh, the security section. She didn't do what they asked her to do, but yeah. she didn't run into the courthouse. She didn't push anybody no. down. I mean, there was there was nothing disorderly going on right. by a person speaking. They claimed she was worried that, or they claimed they were worried that she would go into a courtroom and start blasting people. Like that's, that's that's what they say. It's fine reason. that they can be worried about that. However, she didn't do that. You see, that's Correct. a crime. Speaking is not right. And I, I think that they went overboard on the uh, they went overboard on bringing this to trial. They went overboard on the sentence. Thirty days. That's nuts. It's pretty outrageous. Uh, and that was the maximum as well. And you could tell this this judge is the same judge every single time. He, he the, the the trial was just for show. He'd already made up his mind. He knew exactly what he was going to do, and he sentenced her to the maximum thirty days. I suggested that people stop paying taxes, and I'd like to expand briefly on that. Um, I specifically mean federal taxes. Obviously, at the the local level, things get a little bit more difficult uh, in that they might steal your home. The legitimate concern. Uh, for for people to as far as not paying property taxes and you know what the the local government people at least they're providing some level of services I mean at least they're providing fire protection and uh, a handful of other things that might actually be desirable in a market uh, situation whereas the feds what do they do for uh, there's you there's nothing that I want from the federal government nothing whatsoever and if these people are throwing my friends in jail I mean I'm already not paying the feds. But I'm, I would like to encourage you that if you are outraged by this behavior by the federal government goons, whether it's them throwing Lauren in jail or going after Ed and Elaine Brown, and we'll talk about them here in a little bit, one of their supporters, uh, or whether it's them par- prosecuting wars in other countries, killing, uh, killing people, dropping bombs on people, whatever it is that the federal government's doing that you disagree with, I have to ask you why you continue to support them. Why do you continue to give them your support if you are one of those who continues to pay you may have your reasons. There are 60 million Americans that don't. Indeed. Uh, in fact, many of, many of the Americans that are self-employed do not at all. Uh, Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com was telling me today that uh, he thought that he had heard that there was some number like 50% of the people that are supposed to fill out their own taxes because they're self-employed just don't bother. So a significant chunk. Most people that pay taxes are the ones that are getting withheld from corporations sort of inside the system that, that they just – that the, the government already has their money, so they're just trying to get the money back, whereas those who are expected to sort of do it all on their own because they're self-employed, very few of those people actually do. So I have to ask you, why do you continue paying? Is it because you're just scared they might pick you out and throw you in a prison cell too? And, of course, you could point out that, well, it doesn't really matter if you pay or not. The federal government can just print out as much money as they want to, and that would be a good point as well. But, man – you have to ask yourself, where's your line in the sand? How far will you let these federal government goons go before you stop paying? I know that Julia told me she was going to stop paying uh, if her taxes went up. And uh, that might be inevitable under the Obama administration that taxes are going to go up. I know that she doesn't want to pay for the national service program, that's for sure. So where's your line in the sand? What is it going to take for the federal government to do for you to say, yeah, I've had about enough supporting you? I've had about enough voluntarily supporting your organization. No more. 800-259-9231. You want to answer that question? Where's your line in the sand? Or the other question about what can we do? What are some other ideas we might be able to utilize as far as activating in regards to our friends that the federal goons are throwing in jail cells? Uh, We go in the meantime to your calls about what you want. Dan is on the line in Kentucky. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Hey, Dan. Hey. um, So I wanted to scold you just slightly because uh, race is a collectivist concept. I and, agree. Uh, so uh, I'm just, I just thought you were being a bit collectivist there for a while. I, anyway. I agree that race is a collectivist concept. I think that, uh, you know, when, when talking to other, you know, talking to people about it, you, 
you have to use these this terminology to some extent. I mean, it's it's a reality to some extent in life, you know. Okay. Well, yeah. it's like I said. I, I agree that it is a collectivist concept. I believe and not very real. I believe I appropriately addressed that by pointing out that I wish that everybody could wake up tomorrow and be brown and not have to be concerned with uh, these things, and that uh, that I think it's ludicrous to group people into uh, gr- groups based on you know the color of their skin or hair or eyes or whatever it is or you know the date they were born. I think that's all absolutely absurd, and people need to be judged based on their individual thoughts and actions. Well, that'll probably be the case about a thousand years from now, or maybe two hundred. I don't know. Yeah. As long as airplanes keep working, but um, yeah. And so, I also wanted to discuss uh, something I believe was kind of implied on a show maybe a week ago or so. That uh, if you um, and you might correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that there, it was claimed that if you had uh, the state recognize gay marriage, that would be a um, that would be shrinking government. Hang on a second. I don't know if you were listening correctly, but we're, we'll bring you back and talk about it. 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about there, and it's all completely free. So enjoy over uh, over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Sex with the Virgin Mary, she's waited long enough. And Jimmy Cahill, a boozing, carousing cabbie, has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn Charles Webb to hell. Get it, and get, that's the author. Excuse me, sure to damn author Charles Webb to hell. Get, the, uh, get it at amazon.freetalklive.com or go to sexwithavirginmary.com. You can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb on FTL Podcast coming up on Saturday the 22nd of this month. That's sexwithavirginmary.com. I read this book. It is a great book. 1-800-259-9231. We continue here. Uh, Dan is back on the line with us. Now, Dan, you had uh, said that y- maybe you misheard, and I, I think you did, uh, but you said that, it's my understanding from what you said before, you said you thought you heard us say that government approving gay marriage would be a reduction in government? Well, y- yeah, I believe that's what I thought, or maybe it was the other way around, that uh, that. Um, not recognizing gay marriage would be uh, would be growing the government. Okay, I think what was said, if I can clarify here, what was said about gay marriage and what's always said on this program when it comes up is that if government is going to be involved in marriage, and it shouldn't be at all, right. but if government is going to be involved in marriage, then it's only fair to allow people who are of the homosexual persuasion to participate in that government program. Why they would want to, I don't know, uh, but you know they want to, and so it would only be fair. And uh, the ideal situation, of course, would be to abolish government marriage altogether and just simply um, go back to the 
to the situation where two people that love one another can find a church that wants to marry them and go get married. And if they want to enter into a contract with one another to deal with, uh, you know, prenups and all that stuff, they're certainly welcome to do that, too. Uh, but having the government step out of marriage entirely is the ideal situation. Yeah. Would um, What you're describing, wouldn't that be freedom of association? Um, it would be. Do we, have, do we have a right to associate with who we want, and can't we call it a marriage if we... I'm, I'm not gay, but can people call it a get marriage if they so desire? I believe they should, yes. You know, okay. I, I, I used to be on the other side of this issue at one point, and it's been years. Um, but what what really moved it for me was... Meaning you were a gay man looking to get married? Well, that is here, yeah. <laughs> the, um, no, in fact, I believe that gay people could, shouldn't be able to get married because I think it was because, and I can't remember for sure what my reasoning was, but like dogs and cats living together, um, it'll be anarchy kind of thing. You know, like You were just a jerk. Well, I, I just thought that, you know, this is the step down to the road to whatever. I, I, who knows what, what my thought what process was. Anyway, what changed it for me was when I was listening to the radio and Lionel said, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What does that mean? And it really, I mean, if a marriage isn't about the pursuit of happiness, what is it about? Mm, yeah. Why would you get married if you weren't going to be happy doing it? Um. So... If the if the the country was founded on the concepts of life, liberty, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, shouldn't gay people be allowed to get married? And that, for me, was you know the kind of simple thing that was able to change my mind. So does that make sense, Dan? Yes. Any other thoughts tonight? No. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. We go on to talk to Sam in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Sam. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I heard you guys talking about Lauren Canario. And yes, she's been put in prison of... for 30 days, uh, put in a jail cell for 30 days on a so-called disorderly conduct charge at the federal level. And I, I wanted to clarify, that was strictly because she walked through a doorway and didn't stop. It's because she, she, she actually did stop. Um, it's, it's, she didn't stop she where they wanted her to stop, and she didn't do what they wanted her to do. Correct. They then gave her orders, and she, she refused to comply with them, like, you know, remove your hand from your left pocket. She did not want to do that. Um, and you know, there, was, there were some other details, but essentially she was being non-cooperative with them. Okay. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, you've, we've, it's tough to go after these judges. Uh, you've talked about how they have immunity from prosecution and, and so forth. Um, but I've been studying some some of the things that a guy named Randy Kelton has done. And I think he's got a strategy that might work here, and I wanted to tell you about it. And it involves using the grand jury, which you guys have kind of described as the fourth branch of government without really knowing exactly what that means. And I think I can explain it. Okay. So uh, judges, you have to remember, are people just like everyone else. Um, so they, they are shielded from prosecution. If you try and bring a suit against a federal judge, it'll get yanked up into federal court, and they'll say, you know, you don't have standing, or they'll find some reason or some excuse to throw it out, and then you're done. So they're, they're, they sit there um, knowing that, that they have a lot of protection around them, and that allows them to really uh, step outside of the lines mm-hmm. from time to time. But the thing is, they are not immune from everything. If these guys were to break, if a federal judge was to break a state law in, in one way or another, he would still be held responsible. So, you know, if he, was, if he ran a red light, hit a car, and hurt somebody in the car, he would still be subject to all of the state laws. Okay. So anytime he violates a state law, he's, he's broken the law, and he can be held accountable for that. What I think people don't understand is that the average citizen can file a criminal complaint 
with the grand jury and bring him up on those charges. Now, is this a federal grand jury or a state no, grand jury? No, this would be a state because what you're doing is you're going to be watching for people involved in the process uh, by basically it, it involves reading the code first and really understanding all of their processes and procedures that are codified into law and into their statutes. But once once you've gone through that, you can get an idea of how their system works, of how their process is supposed to be undertaken, and most of them have not even read the code themselves. So when they break the law, you can call the police on them, have a criminal complaint filed. Of course, they're going to refuse. So then you call the police on the police and say, why are you shielding this guy from prosecution? Arrest them both. And okay, wait a minute. On. Hold on a second. I'm a, I'm a little lost. <laughs> Uh, so you say first you're supposed to you figure out what law the judge broke? Well, you're, you're going to look through at the entire process. It can start, it's hard to get right at the judge because he has all this protection built in. Mm-hmm. And they, they also guard these grand juries with their life, basically, but there are laws that say they have to tell you who's on them and when they meet and so forth. Hmm. So the idea would be, to find something that this officer did that was against their statutes. It could have been due process violations in the arrest, a number of different things that, that we could, I, I don't want to get into all the details, yeah. but basically to find something really small, file a criminal complaint against the person, and then when they start doing the, what the police will naturally do is close the ranks and protect their own. And you're filing and that they, criminal complaint with the grand jury? Well, no, because what you first have to do is take it to their prosecutor, and guess what he's going to do with it? Throw it out. Take a hike. Ignore it. Get out yeah, of here. exactly. He's going to throw it in the trash. So then you file a criminal complaint against him for throwing that complaint away, for not taking it and bringing it to the grand jury's attention. So who do you file you that criminal complaint with? So once you've done those two steps, then you can go in to the grand jury and say, I have business with the grand jury. You can put the all of the complaints in there, including whatever you want to write about the judge. And then when you go in, because you filed a complaint against the prosecutor, he can't be in the room. I see. Now, the grand juries, are you following so far? Yeah. Okay. The grand juries are citizens. They are uh, average people. In New Hampshire, it's a little different. They're a little more connected to the judge who impanels them, but they're still, they're regular people. They're not... Uh, political. So they're going to be a little concerned when the police start protecting their own and violating the law in order to do so. All right, I want to come back talk more about this here. Hang on, 800-259-9231. I'm still not sure how it is that the grand jury in New Hampshire would be able to do anything about what the feds are doing. I'm a little lost on that. Well, and the feds live in New Hampshire. Well, more on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free. 
So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. The holiday season is pretty much upon us, and you're probably going to be looking to buy some presents for people, so you might as well do it online and save yourself the time and hassle of actually having to go out to stores and look around and deal with the traffic and all that. Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com because not only will you get a great deal on the stuff you're looking for, but also Free Talk Live will get a percentage if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Again, Amazon. Dot freetalklive.com. We go back to your phone calls. Sam is on the line in Texas. You're explaining to us this process uh, involving the grand jury, which I really don't know much at all about here. Everything I pretty much know I've learned from anybody calling this show, um, and it's still not much that I know. But we're talking about some things that could be done in response to this judicial tyranny that we've experienced here, um, especially Lauren Canario, one of the activists that has moved here as part of the Free State Project and is a wonderful non-cooperative uh, civil disobedience activist. She's been thrown in jail for 30 days by a federal judge today. And you're saying that generally these judges are pretty insulated. However, they're not completely protected from the grand jury. And you're kind of getting into uh, some of the detail on how one might go about bringing up charges or bringing a federal judge or some other government agent on charges through the grand jury system. And so if I'm understanding you correctly so far, Sam, you've suggested that you have to find something they did that was a violation of their own rules, like, you know, due process violation or them not crossing the right T or dotting the right I or something like that. And then going through their own process of complaining about it, when they reject your complaint, then you have to go and... Yes? Hold on, Ian. There's a distinction there that I want to make. Um, when, When they violate their own process, what they're violating is the law. Mm-hmm. It's no different than if you or I violated the law and they, you know, if we were speeding. It, it's all, it, it can be almost the same thing, it, just depending on the severity of which law they break, of course, just like it is for us. So when that complaint that you're filing, when, when the police file a complaint against you, uh, like the couch enforcer did or whatever, mm-hmm. they're filing a complaint as a citizen. Uh, and it's it's the the system was designed to, be, to to allow citizens to come up and file complaints directly with the grand jury. Now they've kind of closed that off over the years and done things to restrict it and keep the grand jury away from the public. But really, the only thing private about grand jury is when they're doing their deliberations. The rest of the time, it's supposed to be open to the public, to where the average citizen can go in there and file a complaint. And that's really what you're doing now. They're going to say, well, we've got our process, and you have to take this to the prosecutor, and the prosecutor's just going to throw it in the trash, and that's where most people lose. So the way around that is to file charges against the prosecutor, take it into the grand jury, who is made up of citizens, they're just about as independent as you can get, and file charges against the prosecutor, because he's named in the complaint, he can't be in the room, and he's the one usually in there trying to throw you off track and and get you out the door without being able to file your, put your complaint before the grand jury. Okay. You see? So it's a tactic to kind of neutralize these people along the way. And once you're in there, if you've got complaints against the judge, you can file those as well with the grand jury. And one of the other distinctions is, and this would work for um, the Judge Burke there and Keene as well, if I'm sitting in the audience and I observe him break the law, then under their system I have this duty to report and file a criminal complaint. So I don't even have to be connected to the case. I can just go and attend a trial, and if I see him prosecute somebody's case by entering a guilty plea on their behalf against their consent, 
I can go file criminal charges against that. Okay. I think I need to need to research it. But then, so, you know, I'm not dis, I'm disconnected from the case, and the grand jury is going to believe it to be a lot more credible. I see. Okay, so how do you find out about the grand jury? How do you actually understand or, or come to understand where they meet, and how do you go about actually doing that? You said it's kind of secretive, uh, well, right? Yeah, so you just call the prosecutor and ask them, and if they ask you, uh, you know, what, why do you want to know? <laughs> well, then they violated the law, and you call 911 and, and uh, get down there and file a criminal complaint against them for violating the law and secreting uh, the grand jury process. There's all they have all kinds of different laws and procedures and things that they're supposed to follow and they don't. Mm-hmm. Most of them have not even read the the code of criminal procedures. How could the they? These things, you know, all these laws that they have, they're they're just too numerous. You couldn't read them, and neither could they. Right, but I mean, there there are also the whole the idea you've heard of magistrates. A magistrate, mm-hmm. when somebody gets arrested, that police officer is supposed to head to the nearest magistrate. Period, and the reason being is. What they what they do, let me say this, what they do is they'll take you to jail, right? And you get booked into jail, you spend the night there, and in the morning, if you're lucky, you'll see the magistrate. Well, that's a complete violation of their own process because the police can use jail as a threat to, to allow the prosecutor time to get in there and work a deal, to work a plea agreement. And the idea is you're supposed to go before a magistrate immediately. He's supposed to hold something called a evidentiary hearing where you're allowed to present your case, they're allowed to present their case, the facts are considered, there's all kinds of procedural things, and then you're admitted to jail or bonded out or released, whatever the uh, options are for the case. But that's not what they do. Instead, they're violating their own rules and sending people to jail so that they can use that as a lever to get what they want, to extort money from people or uh, a plea agreement. And and of course, you know, we see them violate their own rules so so often. We've pointed it out time after time here on Free Talk Live, but I've never really thought there was anything that could be done about it. You're saying there is through this grand jury process, and you're saying that there's somebody who's actually had success with this? Absolutely. Um, the The idea is really to turn the system back around on these public officials who are not following their own rules. And when they go into court, if they get if they were to be indicted or need legal advice, they pay for that attorney out of their own pocket. Mm. And if they're found guilty, they're going to be spending time in jail just like you or I would. And they don't want to do that. So is this, I mean, they certainly would not want these charges to be brought upon them. So would it be, would it be effective to, uh, to threaten these people with, uh, with a grand jury? Or would that... Well, you have to do it first in order to show that it you can be done. You have to show done. you're serious. You have to make an example yeah. of them. I see, like they're making an right. example of Lauren. Interesting. And that's kind of what uh, Randy Kelton suggests. He doesn't actually want to get charges filed. He just wants the threat of those charges to, to be present so that they know to straighten up that there's people out there watching, and if they're going to uh, violate their own rules, there's going to be potential punishment in the form of you know, fines or whatever. And as they protect their own, they're going to break more and more laws, and it just makes it easier and easier to show how this is a really a conspiracy with all of these people involved who are obstructing justice. Well, uh, I'm not sure if uh, – I, I guess my biggest problem then is knowing how many different of their laws they're breaking because I don't know what most of the laws are in the first place. So it's hard for me to say, well, you're breaking this and you're breaking that. I guess that would be the, one of the trickiest parts is to kind of understand their system enough to where you could identify uh, some of those mess-ups on their exactly. part. Exactly, and that's where it starts, by reading the New Hampshire Criminal Code, 
the Ugh. all of those RSAs. <laughs> Sounds yeah, exactly. awful. But that's the thing. They don't read them either, so they don't yeah. know all of the little processes and things that are in there, and they're, they're violating them in almost every case, I would, I would uh, take a guess and say. Well, I've, uh, they, they have scheduled a trial on uh, this Friday here in Keene, New Hampshire, at their district court. Uh, as you know, Sam, they've been threatening me over this couch situation. My tenants uh, have a couch in their yard, and they, uh, they don't like that too much. So they've, uh, you know, they they had their hearing, which I uh, paid a visit to them on the day that they had their hearing, and I was going to ask some questions about the nature and cause of the uh, the proceedings. Uh, the judge, of course, did not want to hear any of those questions and threatened me with arrest if I uh, continued to speak, and I was not. Uh, interested at that particular point in going to jail, you suggested that if you had been here, you would have called his bluff. Um, I was not at, at that point ready for that, so I did stay quiet, and then he put in a plea of not guilty without my consent. Uh, now, I would presume that it's th- that their rules don't require consent for that sort of thing, or do you think that it does? Uh, as far as entering a plea? Yeah. The rules say that if the defendant remains mute or silent and doesn't say anything, that the case, the court is allowed to enter a plea. And that's one guy did that. He went into court and he just was perfectly silent, didn't say anything, and they couldn't move the process forward. So because of him, they went back and changed the law to to say if somebody does that, uh, we can move forward and proceed. But if you're there asking questions and saying, I don't understand, I need to, I need to understand this or that, and how does this work? You're you're not standing there silent. You're not refusing to plead. I was I, well. I wasn't silent until I um, was quiet after he threatened me. So would it then be okay for him to go ahead and enter the plea because I was not uh, speaking at that point by their own system? I wouldn't think so. Hmm. Well, I've got a plan here as to what I might do coming up on Friday, and if you want to hang on, I wouldn't mind running it by you just to get your thoughts. Okay. All right, hang on. More with Sam here in moments. Uh, they again, they've got their trial scheduled for Friday afternoon, 1:30 at Keene District Court. Uh, the activists are going to meet downstairs around 1:10, 1:15, and then uh, then things will get interesting. We'll explain here in moments. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hello, this is Ron Paul. I just want to encourage you to check out the Lou Rockwell Show for important information about the economy, the police state, and its wars of aggression. You can tune in at LouRockwellShow.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch here into hour number three of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So we'll go back to the phones here. Uh, we're talking with Sam from Texas, uh, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network at obscuretruth.com. He is somebody who has been experimenting in the crazy world of government legal land. Uh, you've done some uh, some personal experimenting on some speeding tickets uh, that they slapped you with down there in Texas. And uh, you plan on bringing your experience and wisdom up here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And uh, hopefully you'll be here, I believe, uh, by the end of the year. So I know a lot of people around here have been talking about that. They're very excited uh, to to finally have Obscured Truth Sam up here in New Hampshire. So that should be pretty cool. 
Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, and so what I wanted to ta- talk about briefly here was uh, what's going to be happening at the end of this week here in Keene, New Hampshire, where they have scheduled a trial over this uh, couch violation of their city ordinances, which say something. I don't know. I haven't read them. Uh, but, you know, something about how you can't have junk out in, uh, out in your yard. My tenants, for those, and this is just for those just tuning in that aren't aware of all this, my tenants have a couch out in their yard, and no one's ever complained about it for two years. It's been there. It's relatively unobtrusive, hard to notice it, even as you're going down the very road that the uh, the couch is on. It's pretty pretty difficult to see. And uh, But somebody apparently did allegedly complain to the city uh, people about it. They sent one of their bureaucrats down here. Uh, they threatened me, and I don't appreciate being threatened. So when you threaten me, it's not likely I'm going to do what you want me to. Uh, it would have been a lot better if that neighbor, if she really does exist, uh, would just come down and talk to me like a neighbor would talk to me, and we could have worked it out as neighbors. Uh, but no, she went to the city. And this is presuming there really is a neighbor. It's not just the city targeting me because of who I am. Uh, so we'll give them the the benefit of the doubt and presume that this woman actually exists, in which case uh, there is no evidence of a complaining party because it's the city government employee that's doing the complaining. And Mr. Carl Patton, in this particular case, who is the code enforcer, doesn't even live in the city of Keene. He lives in uh, Troy, which is a nearby town. So he lacks standing. Well, yeah. Um, so he's not even a neighbor. He's not even in the same – doesn't even live in the same vicinity uh, of of the couch – and so what I'm thinking about doing here, since they decided they wanted to force me into one of their trials, they wouldn't allow me to ask questions at their hearing, which they had scheduled uh, where they want you to plea. But from what I've learned from you, Sam, is that uh, apparently, at least in most of the states in this country, you have the, uh, you have the right to understand uh, the nature and cause of the charges that are against you prior to entering a plea, which is supposed to be voluntarily uh, entered once you understand those things. And so I attempted to ask some questions that were to help me understand the nature and cause, and this particular judge threatened me with arrest if I was to continue speaking in his courtroom. So not wanting to go to jail at that particular time, because I hadn't quite gotten all my affairs in order, I uh, I did shut up, and uh, you know they he went ahead and plead uh, not guilty for me, entered a plea on my behalf without my consent. Um, he went ahead and did that. They scheduled this trial, and now they're going to go through with it, apparently. But I feel like... The, the, I feel like the whole thing is a big scam and a sham. I mean, clearly it's not a real trial. There's no jury. So it's just you know sort of an administrative tribunal more so than anything else. There's no jury, and there's no damaged complaining party. There's a complaining party in the form of Carl Patton, the agent for the city of Keene, uh, but he's not a damaged complaining party, and he certainly is not a neighbor. So I'm thinking what I might do on Friday is go into their court, uh, which, by the way, I've actually sent the court – a, I actually hand-delivered a, um, a notice to the court's clerk, the clerk of court there, and I made it very clear that if, uh, as soon as I pass their security procedures – I don't know if you saw this notice over at freekeen.com, Sam, but um, basically I told them that you know I'll, I'll come and pay a visit to their trial – uh, but if if they successfully screen me past their security, then that means that there are a few things that they've agreed to, uh, like, number one, allowing everybody that comes to bring their own recording device because the judge had issued his own little uh, order earlier in uh, a couple weeks before the trial saying that no recording devices beyond one will be allowed in the courtroom. 
And I feel like it's important for the activists to hold the ground on this particular issue because prior to this, the judge had been allowing anybody to bring recording devices into the court. He's all of a sudden changed his mind as of this, the trial that they've scheduled for me to attend. And so I feel like the activists should bring a bunch of cameras and see. we'll see if we can get people in there. Um, so yeah. as, Yes, go ahead. I, I think that's really important. I've kind of folded on the idea of always having a camera in the courtroom uh, because I'm down here and because they showed they were just willing to beat me up and arrest me if yep. I did walk in the courtroom. So I told the uh, in the, the letter that or the notice that I sent these people, I said that my successful passing through your security screening will indicate you've accepted my visit and agree to these terms. Number one, your agency will be liable for a bill based on the fee schedule that appears below. All visitors to your court, number two, will be allowed to enter with the recording devices of their choice and will be free to operate them in a non-disruptive manner. Three, your agency understands I'm visiting under duress, do not intend conflict, and only intend public discussion. Four, I will have questions that Justice Edward Burke will answer on the record. Five, the city of Keene acknowledges the truth that there's no signed contract between us obligating me to your ordinances or statutes. And six, you may conduct your trial as that is your business, but I'm not obligated to be a party to it and no consequences will be brought upon my person or property as a result of any possible outcomes. So they've been noticed this and they certainly haven't responded to that. Um, So I figure what will happen is they might let me into their court and if they do, they'll call. Uh, they'll call my name, and I'll I'll get up and say I'm visiting about this matter, and I have a question before we continue, and that is, is there evidence of a damaged complaining party? Now I imagine the judge will try to stop me or whatever it is. He'll he'll jump in and try to get in the way, uh, but I want that question to. I, I don't. I guess they they're probably not going to answer the question. So I figured that since they won't answer the question, I'll just make a declaration about how well as I see no evidence of a damaged complaining party, uh, I have better things to do. And then I'm thinking about just walking out. And I might just um, implore them to stop uh, prosecuting victimless crimes at the same time. But I don't know if I'll if I'll bother with that part. But basically, just ask the most fundamental question right there up front. And of course, seeing no evidence of such thing, uh, basically say see you later and, and walk out. How do you feel about that? Sam? I think we lost Sam. I feel like you're going to go to jail. You think so? Yeah. Well, they might put me in jail anyway, Mark. For a couch? Yeah. No, they won't. Well, what would they put me in jail for for walking out of their court? For walking out of their court. What's the crime? What they put jail, Lauren in, for, um, in jail for today uh, when she walked. So you think they'll charge house. me with disorderly conduct for walking Something. out of their court? I don't know. Contempt what, of court? I, I can't tell you what it is that they'll charge you with. Contempt of court? But maybe? if you stand there and say, it, you know, demand to see the person who brought the charges against you, mm-hmm. um, you, you say that uh, you're. You don't see a victim here that you feel like uh, this is, you know, th- this is uh, a victimless crime, and you know that kind of thing. You, I think you got a much better shot than saying, "Yeah, this is nonsense. I'm out of here." Well, that's what I wait. Wait a minute, Mark. But what I said I was doing was asking for evidence of a damaged complaining right. party. But then you're and just going to walk that. out. Uh, you, well, why should I waste any more okay. of my time? They don't have a damaged complaining party. I'm why not should saying I waste that my any time? of it makes any logical sense. I'm not saying that you can connect these dots. I'm not saying I support their court system, Ian. I'm telling you, you're going to go to jail. He already threatened you with jail uh-huh. when you stood there in front of him and and he said um, and wouldn't enter a plea and you wanted to ask some questions. He was willing to throw you in jail for talking. He's willing to throw you in jail for walking out of his court. Right, is this Sam? Hello? No, this Ampli. is Gene, the Christian Anarchist. Okay, Gene. Well, what's on your mind, Gene? Well, I just wanted to say I hope you enjoy your stay in prison. And you're in jail, actually. It won't be prison, but it'll be jail. Um, I, I applaud you in your actions, and I wish you the best. Um, but 
if you think that these people are law-abiding people, you're in for a rude awakening because they don't care about their rules. They don't care about the law. They don't care about what you feel or what your questions are. They will simply slap you in jail, and it's not going to matter to them whether they're right or wrong. They are nothing more than a bunch of goons with guns. They'll do whatever they want to do. Absolutely. I totally understand that. But I'm, you know, I'm not going to play their little game if that's what they want me to do and pretend like this entire situation is, has any legitimacy at all when they have absolutely none. They have no damaged complaining party. Therefore, there's no, there's no case. And why should I be there wasting my time with it? Thanks, Gene, for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. I don't know, Mark. I feel like that's what I should do. I feel like that's the right thing to do in that particular case. And if they want to punish me for it, then fine. Why is you standing there? Why is walking out more right than standing there? And w- because I've got better done. things to do with my day. More on the way. You take control. Your thoughts about this or whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show. You can bring up anything by dialing toll-free 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the updates. You get signed up, and we clue you in. Whenever there's something fresh that you need to know about Free Talk Live, just head over to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? Privacyharbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can get a free account at PrivacyHarbor.com today and have private email. PrivacyHarbor.com. All right, so we're talking about the couch situation that's still going on here. It's been developing for months, wherein my uh, tenants uh, here in New Hampshire have a couch out in their yard, and the government has come after me for it. Uh, So the trial that they've scheduled in regards to this issue is coming up Friday afternoon, 1.30 here in Keene District Court. Some of the activists will be meeting downstairs about 1.15, and then we'll head up there. Uh, And we're going to try to get as many cameras in, I think, as uh, as possible, because the judge has specified he only wants one. So we're going to try to get uh, as many in as we can. And uh, in addition to that, I'm I'm considering what it is that uh, that I my plan of action will be here because obviously this judge is not interested in answering questions uh, in regards to the nature and cause of the charges or any questions about their system, um, and he might be more willing to at a trial because it will be a, a larger block of time set aside, and that was of course one of his excuses before was be, was because the, you know the court was so busy that he didn't have time for those questions. Uh, but all that said, I don't really think the entire situation has any legitimacy at all, considering there is no damaged complaining party uh, involved here. It's the city people that are bringing a complaint against me because there's a couch in the yard. Now, they've certainly not been damaged by this, uh, although they are complaining. But it's not – they allege that it's actually a neighbor that was complaining, but the neighbor is not the one bringing the complaint. It's the city people bringing the complaint. So there's no damaged complaining party. As far as I'm concerned, there's no crime. And the entire process is a big sham designed to, uh, to get obedience or money out of people or both. And so my plan at the moment – and I'm open to ideas here, and that's why uh, we've got Sam back on the line. Uh, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network accidentally apparently uh, dropped off earlier. Obscuretruth.com is his website. 
And I just wanted to run it by you, Sam, my plan of action here, uh, going into their court when they call the case, uh, getting up, asking a simple question of where, you know, do you have evidence of a damaged complaining party, which, of course, they don't, uh, then put them on notice. I, I might have some pre-printed notices ready to go, hand one to the judge that, you know, basically says, you know, hey, I don't want to. I don't want to have my time wasted anymore like this. I'm not interested in coming here to this court whenever you and your people uh, deign that I should be responding to some note, to some complaint that you write me, which doesn't even have a, a, a complaining party. I mean, for instance, the the complaint form that they gave me and Toby, uh, Toby from Free Minds TV, when we were out at Free uh, Keen Freedom Fest, it wasn't even signed by anyone. So. No, I think we've lost Sam again. Oh, well, this is not working out too well tonight on the, the amp lines. Uh, but, you know, there, it wasn't even signed by anyone. So at least the couch violation thing was signed by the particular code enforcer that wrote it. Carl Patton put his signature on that one. But the thing they gave me, the complaint form they gave me at Freedom Fest, the prosecutor walks up and hands it to me. So I know it was him that wrote it out, but it's not even signed. That's not, I mean, that's even, there's even less there than there is on uh, the, the couch thing. But yet they expect me to take time out of my day to come to their court to beg them for some sort of forgiveness on this issue? I'm not going to do it. Let's go to the amp line. Who's this? You know, we are having some trouble with the amp line tonight. So if you've got any thoughts on uh, how I might approach these, uh, you know, the, this courtroom situation, would love to hear it. Mark, you're, you're suggesting that you think they're going to throw me in a, a jail cell uh, based on contempt of court or, or disorderly conduct or some other nonsense charge like that. Is it, isn't it possible that they'll just let me walk out and then silently decide the case is, uh, is not guilty and, and then you know, move on? Possible, I suppose right? it's possible. Okay. Well, that's what well, I'll hope for. I, well, you can hope for it. I, 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 I say, uh, you know, it ha- have a good time in jail. The food's great. All right. We go to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I was listening uh, to the comments about the judge being sort of uh, paranoid about not letting the plaintiffs and the defendants have their own recording devices in the court. And I just wanted to state that uh, that isn't too uncommon now, because when individuals, especially in California and Washington State, have been going into court with recording devices, uh, the, one finds out often that the judges really aren't too competent with regard to procedural policy. Mm-hmm. And they can be sued in, in civil or have criminal litigation for malfeasance. And I think that's why many of the judges are afraid. Now, I believe the reason why it's so common now is the fact that most judges are political appointees or voted by the people. So it's not like being a judge in Europe where you have to be a superb jurist and pass comprehensive exams and know the law and things. Uh, Often in the United States, as we've seen with many of our Supreme Court justices, it's really the clerks that do all of the work and sort of lead the process along. And it's not too surprising that that's the case in, uh, you know, state and some federal uh, courts as well. So I think the big fear is that the judges will be sued over making mistakes, and, you know, they're afraid of that. And I think that's why they're so paranoid about that and why they really don't want to address procedurally uh, why certain things are followed or they're not followed. You know, when you raise them or some of the callers over the last three weeks have raised them, you know, and things. So I think I think you have to be aware of that. And what you may want to do, though, uh, to avoid contempt of court, because really, you you know, a judge can uh, fine you for contempt of court for doing anything from uh, standing up 
you know, speaking out of turn, sure. having a bad attitude with your attorney, and you know, it's a, it, it's a, it's something that they can do with their purview. They yeah, it's a catch-all. It's a catch-all. So I would do this. I would attend, but if you wanted dissent, sort of be silent and uh, you know do it that way. Because ultimately, if you don't show up. And oh, I'm not going to be silent. If no, I stay no, through no, that I trial, can, I'm not going to be silent. No, no, I'm not saying to be silent, but the point is show up, uh, because ultimately what they might do is they might fine you for contempt of court if you don't show up. Yeah. And, oh, I'll definitely you know, make. I'll definitely pay a visit. Uh, they're expecting me to pay a visit uh, with all of our activist friends as well. But you have to also do this in Vermont. Or, or you're in New Hampshire where yes, the sir. Free State Project is going on. What you have to do is, is state also that, you know, it's your property – if the ju- and there's also a civil a civil a civil law that goes back to common law uh, that might state that you know since the individuals have right to the use of the property is is legally paying tenants under you know the laws of the state of uh, New Hampshire uh it's up to them if they choose to have the sofa on the lawn and considering that it's been out there you'll have to prove that it's been out there for 2 years that since the person didn't complain over the last 2 years that really, you know, her, her, her case should be dismissed as a nuisance. They claim she's a and relatively be, new mover. They claim she's relatively new to the area. Okay, the well, that might be a little more difficult. What you have to do is prove that, that, that your tenants had the sofa out there for two years and that since they have a right to the yeah. fair use and happiness of the land, since they're legally oh, yeah. paying tenants. I'm with you, Frank. I absolutely understand That's where you're coming from. Do. Thank you, sir, for the call tonight. There have been a lot of people that have suggested that even if I were to work within the system, I'd have them, uh, you know, I'd have their ass on this case, basically, because they've got nothing. I think, you, yes, I think you would, and I think it's silly. But I'm not interested in working with them. just throw system. it all away, a chance to, uh, to get some good PR out of it. I think their system is with silly. I'm not going to participate in it. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. I don't consent to it, and I'm not going to uh, consent just to try to get ahead. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can uh, take control of the airwaves if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive, wiki.freetalklive.com. We go to Sam in Texas uh, from the Obscure Truth Network. Obscuretruth.com is his website. Sam, are you there? Sam? All right. He's having some phone troubles. He says I think he's going to call in later on this week. Uh, so the number here again, 800-259-9231. Let's talk about a different court trial and a different situation. Mark, you've got an update on what has happened to one of the men who was supporting Ed and Elaine Brown. Now, for those of you that uh, don't recall or were not aware, last year there was a couple here in New Hampshire, Ed and Elaine Brown. They'd been living in New Hampshire for a long time. Elaine was a dentist. Ed at one time in his life was a pest control guy. And they had come to the determination that they were no longer interested in supporting the federal government with their tax dollars. And so they decided to keep the money that they earned and decided to spend it, save it, and give it away in the ways they thought were were best. 
And turns out the federal government didn't like that too much. Uh, they came after them, tried to make an example out of them, and actually there was sort of a standoff wherein the Browns uh, managed to keep the feds away from their home for uh, about 11 months. Uh, and it all kind of ended at, at some point last year. Was it last year or was it early this year? I'm, I don't I'm remember. hazy on when it all ended. But uh, the feds finally did bring them down, and they put them and locked them up in uh, their federal prisons uh, on tax evasion charges. And it was just an absolutely outrageous situation. Of course, a lot of uh, a lot of liberty activists up here in New Hampshire came to their aid, were coming out to their house and bringing them food and bringing them things. And some people apparently brought them firearms and uh, things like that, and the feds didn't like that too much either. So they went after some of the folks that brought Ed and Elaine Brown, allegedly brought them things. Things like firearms and, and stuff like that, and you've got an update on one of the uh, one of the cases in regards to one of those people, right? Right. Uh, and, and regarding the Ed and Elaine Brown case, I, I think that the probably the the thing that bothered me the most about it is sort of the uh, the the violent aspect of it. They didn't. They were never violent, but they just but Ed just sort of spouted off these violent things um, in the, the the sense that he would protect his property. I think he has a right to do that. However, I think that it uh, it, it diminished to some extent his uh, his uh, you know irreproachability. Yeah, Ed was not the best uh, at public relations. Yeah. So anyway, this one uh, is from. But Red- nonetheless, people still supported him. Yep. Yeah. From uh, redcrans.net. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. Or in Dan Riley's case, I guess it would be the pipe bombs are calling. Now, this is not written by a libertarian or anything. It just kind of gives you a view of uh, what somebody might uh, see these uh, court cases like from the outside. Mm, The final Brown supporter was sentenced yesterday to what is practically a life sentence, 36 years. Even if Danny decided to become a model prisoner and qualified for the maximum amount of time off for good behavior, he wouldn't be free until he's 72. But that's probably wow. not a realistic assumption, judging from his comments yesterday and what he's been up to in prison. Danny's not likely to qualify to have his time reduced anytime soon and may indeed be looking at further criminal charges. More on that later. <clears throat> Since the free staters had been planning a disruption at the front door of the courthouse at 9 a.m., I arrived early um, and to watch the festivities. Alas, only two of them were there at the time, and they didn't appear to be doing anything but standing in front of the building taking pictures. I have no idea why I have mentioned um, I have to mention this, but it is in fact an ugly building. So I kicked back and waited until 10 um, a.m. for the competency hearing to begin. Of the four defendants, Danny appears to be the most changed by prison. He's a little leaner, and his face is, has a darker, meaner edge to it than he had in 2007 um, in his pro-Brown videos. At an apparent protest to the day's proceedings, he wore all of his prison clothes, white T-shirt, tan pajamas, inside out. Hmm. His leggings shackled through the mornings um, were shackled throughout the morning's event. Dr. Christine Sconce was the only witness in the hearing, and she testified that she had worked with Bureau of Prisons for 16 years and prepared more than 600 evaluations, has testified more than 70 times. She took the stand, and Danny, Danny and the judge had their first falling out. The judge, Mr. Riley, can you hear the witness? Danny, when you refer to Mr. Riley, are you referring to me? Judge, Mr. Riley, don't start with me. Danny mumbles a couple of minutes about how his name isn't spelled in all capital letters, and the judge is intensely, intentionally confusing Danny Riley with Danny Riley all in caps when he says the words Mr. Riley. Apparently, Mr. Riley and Mr. Riley sound different to a tax denier. Um, Mr. Riley, behave. No, judge, you behave. That earned Danny a five-minute timeout. He was escorted out, <laughs> and a voice rang out from the audience. Hi, Danny. Hi, Joe. 
Danny was brought back into a, uh, a few minutes later. Danny, <clears throat> I'm not the defendant. Judge, let's continue with this witness. Danny spent about 30 days in the mental health unit um, in a nearby federal prison where he was interviewed, observed, but refused to take part in any psych testing. The psychologist was an absolute pro at stripping the absurd and extreme from her descriptions of Danny's situation. Right. What you're pointing out here is that the uh, the all-caps conspiracy isn't worth a hill of beans when it comes to reality. Apparently not. Um, it got Danny Riley 36 years. Well, he would have gotten that anyway if he hadn't But it that didn't direction. work. Right. No, it didn't at all. And, and, and he didn't get to defend himself. He didn't use defenses like he didn't have the opportunity because he was busy saying, I am not the agent. I'm the agent, not the agent for the uh, all caps nonsense that you're talking about. I do not yeah. consent in your to, to your to this court. This is a kangaroo root court, your honor. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up or we're going to put you in jail, Mr. Riley. Yeah. And what did it get him? It got thrown, got him thrown in the holding cell for, um, you know, until they could get this uh, little thing brought on again. Let me, let me read some more of the rambling sure. nonsense that Mr. Riley went on about. Okay, so the doctor, he has a lot of political issues that are not in the mainstream. I, I um, another quote. I, I have the <clears throat> redemption. Let's see. I have seen the redemption and sovereign citizen arguments before, and I don't see anything here that couldn't be attributed to those groups. Um, <laughs> the translation to the first one was, he's a kook. Translation to the second one is, uh, he's an unoriginal kook. The doctor, his ideas about the, his uh, criminal defense are not mainstream, but they are consistent with his subculture. Translation, it's common for kooks to sabotage their own defense at trial. Doctor, it's fairly common in our um, setting to run across these things. Translation, <laughs> we get a ton of kooks in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get the idea. The witness reached three interesting conclusions. Danny is competent to stand trial, which is, um, wasn't particularly surprising. Danny has traits associated with narcissistic personality disorder. And Danny is not delusional because his, um, he has doubts that his subculture beliefs would actually work. In his interviews, Danny would say things like, if this redemption process works, it would be a massive blow. And would preface his statements with, I believe. According to her testimony, truly delusional people simply don't doubt their own delusions. As some of you know, I've been traveling all around the country, usually to places that are much warmer than New Hampshire, mind you, attending tax denier criminal char- charges as research for a book, since tax deniers are an odd lot. A pretty it sounds ha- to me, to interrupt you here, it sounds to me like uh, Mr. Riley was uh, just throwing something up against the wall. I mean, it sounds like he, it, based on what she said there, uh, was trying this out. And probably because he knew he was screwed either way to sunset on, you know, multiple pipe bomb charges from the federal government and looking at some serious time. So, but, I mean, he figured if, he'd give it a shot and it didn't work for And for it's Jack. never going to work. Right. Like, you got right. that? Well, because like, there's... The, the idea that the federal... Like, there's, there's something about this all caps nonsense. Right. That because if it was true, the judge, no matter what, whether it was, it was high treason, you know, the hijacking of the Titanic, whatever, it wouldn't have mattered... Danny Riley isn't the guy that is in this all-caps yeah. corporation that the government, uh, you know, and, and for those of you who don't know what I'm rambling on about, it's this conspiracy nut job bullcrap that we get uh, thrown at us all the time and that my partner is beginning to believe. No, I've, I, I don't believe the, uh, the all-caps conspiracy. I believe well, that particular portion of it. Right. Which, I believe that there is uh, evidence to support the idea that the government does create corporate uh, persons and does float loans and bonds based on those uh, corporate 
separate entities. I believe that there's some evidence for that. And I think that the all-caps conspiracy is sort of a sub-conspiracy of that one to which there's uh, there's inconsistent evidence for. So, I mean, they use the all-caps here and there, but they don't use it consistently, and it clearly doesn't do anything They're using in court. the sovereign argument. This is a portion of the sovereign argument. And you're complaining that in court that you, you know, to the court and to the, the, the t- 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 town of Keene here, that you are, in fact, sovereign. They have no right, uh, you know, no, no ability to rule over you or anything no, like that. No, they don't. They don't. Whether they have they the right have or not. They just have guns and violence. And they'll throw your butt in jail That's over That's right. It they will might not do that. work. More on the way here. You can take control. I don't really care, Mark. Uh, more just coming so up. Long you as take you control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations uh, around the country, around the world, uh, bringing new Internet listeners on board and exposing as many people as quickly as possible to the message of freedom and liberty because, well, that's important to me, and if it's important to you, you should go and help us uh, spread this show by amping at amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options, amp.freetalklive.com. Now, Mark, you're sharing with us uh, some excerpts from the Danny Riley trial. Danny Riley was a, a supporter of Ed and Elaine Brown. He allegedly provided them with a pipe bomb or bomb-making materials, maybe some guns, stuff like that. And the feds didn't like that too much, so they brought him up on a, a buttload of charges, and they ended up slapping him with 36 years in federal prison for something that didn't harm anybody. Danny Riley did not harm anyone. There was no victim whatsoever to his so-called crimes. None. Uh, Ed and Elaine Brown, whether they used the guns or the bombs, is a whole other issue. Uh, by the way, they didn't. They didn't hurt anybody either. No. So Danny Riley certainly didn't hurt anybody. Ed and Elaine Brown didn't either. Right. And what this amounts to largely is just a bunch of people full of hot air. Well, uh, you, you mean Dan, Danny Riley was Danny full Riley, of Ed and Elaine Brown. I mean, it's hot air. As far as I'm concerned, a man should be able to walk around with a gun on his hip. When he pulls that gun out and shoots somebody, he should be charged with a crime. So therefore, I can only conclude that a man should be able to walk around with a pipe bomb in his pocket. Absolutely. When he lights that pipe bomb and it uh, blows up and hurts somebody or damages property, he should have to pay for that property and, and be punished for hurting somebody. Right. So the feds have decided to punish this man for not harming anybody just because it's their system and they want to send a message or whatever it is they're doing. But the relevant part about this is not the fact that Danny Riley has been sentenced to an outrageously uh, large, long, lengthy sentence of 36 years in federal prison for a crime that didn't hurt anybody. I mean, that's bad enough news as it is. But also what you're pointing out here is that he was using some of these sort of obscure, fringe uh, tactics in court uh, in the court, uh, specifically in regards to the all-caps conspiracy, this conspiracy that has been proffered many times by callers on this program. And I've, I've found it fascinating in the past and have done uh, some digging and, and looked into it. Uh, but the idea is that the government, when you get a birth certificate, registers a corporation in your name. And, of course, the way corporations are registered, if you ever notice, they're all written in all caps. And so, essentially, the argument is that 
well, this corporation is in all caps, and so when they're dealing with you, they're actually dealing with the corporation because governments can only deal with things that it creates, not the entities that created the government, in that the, the logic is, and it, it does make logical sense, that if we, the people, created the government, then the government created the corporations. Certainly the government can deal with the corporations and the things that it creates, but if we, the people, created the government, then how can we be subservient to it unless we consent to being subservient to it? Um, of course, the uh, the idea that the government is only dealing with a, a, a corporation when they're dealing with you is really just an interesting legal theory, more so than anything else, because it's clearly real human beings that they're putting in jail cells. And what it sounds like Danny Riley attempted to do was separate himself from this idea of this corporation by actually referencing, you know, asking questions like, are you referring to me or are you referring to the all capital name Danny Riley? And uh, that stuff just didn't fly in court. It didn't get him any. Where he he sounded kind of unsure as to whether or not it would do anything for him, but maybe he just felt like he didn't have anything else. They were going to railroad him anyway. You might as well try the fringe stuff. Uh, who knows? Maybe it would. Maybe he thought it would work, and it clearly didn't. And that's what you're pointing out here, Mark. And 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 as we pointed out on the program in the past, based on various different uh, letters and and things that the government has sent people, me included, uh, they're not consistent in using the capital letters thing at all. So clearly there's no consistency to that. Whether or not there's truth to the fact, to the uh, the claim that they actually register corporations in, in people's names, there may be something to that, but it, that's not going to do you any good in front of the men with guns. I agree. Um, and this is from redcrayons.net, and the uh, the person, I believe it's a woman writing this, is uh, not, a, not a big fan of the whole... Uh, you know, tax protester movement. And it's it's kind of interesting to read her side of things. Um, since tax deniers are an odd lot, a pretty high percentage of the cases I monitor involve uh, competency hearings. In all but one case so far, the defendants have been found competent to stand trial, and in every case where I have had access to information resulting from the psych evaluation, the results have been the same. People with narcissistic personality disorder seem to be drawn to tax denier scams like moths to flame. I don't know what I don't know precisely what narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder is. I mean, Narciss, Narcissus was a guy who uh, loved himself, so I assume it's something along that line. But I don't know the specifics of it. But um, I, I don't think it really matters what they're saying here. It's just kind of painting us as nuts. Um, oh, they like to do that. Yeah. At the beginning of this hearing, Danny asserted that how crazy the, you are for not wanting to support this violent state. Right. Danny asserted that the defense attorney was representing Danny Riley, all in caps, and not Danny Riley, spelled normally. Neither the prosecutor nor Danny, all in caps, objected to the pre-sentencing report prepared by the probation officer, which established the federal sentencing guidelines range of 438 to 457 months in prison. The prosecutor simply asked for the high end of the range. Danny stood up to deliver his allocation, a personal statement that defendants can make to explain their actions prior to the sentence being imposed. Most prisoners use this time to attempt damage control and express contrition. For the next half hour or so... Lauren tried that today. Uh, she pointed out that there was no victim as the judge sentenced her to 30 days, the maximum in jail for a so-called disorderly conduct charge. Yep. Didn't help her very much. For the next half hour or so, Danny recited a long list of redemption schemes, catchphrases that were... Um, redemption scheme catchphrases that were incomprehensible to the point of absurdity. I am here as a living Christian man. I am not a legal fiction. I am not the defendant. The court is trying to raise, raid my trust account. I copyrighted my <laughs> name, and you owe me $500,000. Oh, he tried that one, too, huh? 
To translate, for those of you who don't speak redemption, Danny believes the U.S. Treasury set up a massive, super-secret account in his name the day he was born. The name on that account is Danny Riley, all in caps, and he thinks that's why his birth certificate used all capital letters, ignoring the fact that mainframe computers 40-plus years ago always used capital letters, and the trust account number is his SSN. When Danny was indicted, he believes that the grand jury returned a true bill and that if he can just pay that bill off, kind of like paying off a Macy's credit card balance, the court will let him walk free. The idea that the word bill can have uh, more than one meaning is apparently not clear to Danny or any of these other redemption kooks, which is kind of ironic considering it's also his brother's name. Uh, to pay, to ta- pay that bill off, he's been trying to access the funds in that super secret treasury account set up in his name since the court won't tell him what the amount of the bill is is uh, for for his criminal charges he figured that 200 or 20 million dollars should about cover it so he's authorized the treasury to cut a big fat check to the court <laughs> to bring his balance to zero furthermore since he filed a copyright in his name every time the judge uses that name the judge owes him a half a million dollars seriously Danny thinks that if he can just say the right combination of magical words, the judge will grasp at his at his uh, gasp, excuse me, at his obvious knowledge of how things really work behind the scenes and will have no choice but to let him go. But if he fails to get the words just right, the court will effectively raid his treasury account and keep all those <laughs> millions for themselves. Yeah, and he's Danny, off the deep end. You know, it's not much different than some of the things that I feel like I've listened to coming from you in the last couple of months here. What's Wait, I'm saying that I don't consent to their system, and I don't. I understand, and you've... Uh, I, d- I don't have an obligation to follow their ordinances because I haven't agreed to them. And you've tried uh, using uh, magical incantations in their courtrooms no, in order to get the. Uh, no, I have I not. Do not. I'm not going to. Uh, I do not consent to your system. I will not p- plead at this time. I am a sovereign individual. Da, 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 da. It's Ian. It may not be this. It's sitting in the same zip code as this. I just want you to understand that this is a violent group of people. They you think want, I don't understand that? Are you kidding I do. me? Often, you think I don't that's realize exactly that? Exactly what I think. Yes, well, I'm sorry. I They're totally not going to abide that. by their own rules. So therefore, I, th- I think you should use a th- the best defense. You have a great defense. You think against I should this. play by their rules, play in their system, play by their court, and or give them go consent? to their jail? Whatever, yes. dude. You know what? They can put me in jail if they then want they to will. anyway. If they want to put me in jail, they can put me in jail on whatever trumped up charges they want to. Let's let's so, finish. Let's well, finish let's hearing not about do that. Let's go to John in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hi, hi guys. How you doing? Today? Hey, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, I'm just li- listening on uh, GC and uh, streaming on the Internet there, and, and, and great show tonight, by the way. Okay, you got um, 20 seconds, John. Go. Okay, quick thing. Have you guys ever read the book, The Truth About Taxation in America, Cracking the Code by Peter Hendrickson? No. I- I've heard of it, um, but I've not read it. It's LostHorizons.com. LostHorizon? Yes, LostHorizons.com, one word. It's none of this fictitious... You know, capital letters, bull, nonsense. Thanks, John, for the recommendation. You're welcome to call back uh, tomorrow. Tell us more about it. And, Mark, if you want to revisit this tomorrow, uh, you're certainly welcome to as well. We'll see you then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 